nothing about the moon. So much bad information about STDs and nothing about the moon. This is ridiculous. I'm Anne McNamee-Keels. I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed. A podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we are doing a roundup of Catholicism in the news. All right. You got some uh, Roman Catholicism making headlines? (laughs) I do. I have some. Do you want me to start? Yeah. In no particular order? No. No. Go okay. Good, bad, good, bad, like a tennis match. Or if it's all I, bad, I understand. You know. It's never all good. I'm gonna start by sending you a link, actually. Oh, I love it. This isn't totally new news to us, I don't think, but the headline of this opinion piece made me giggle. This is great. Okay. If you want to read it aloud. Opening up from the Salt Lake Tribune. Commentary, the Catholic Church can never admit that something it taught for centuries was dumb. (laughs) You know what? I think I scrolled past this headline, thought it was like an Onion article and didn't open it. (laughs) It's real and it could be. This is one of those things like could be the alternate title of our podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So it's about, is it about limbo? It's about limbo. And it's a, you know, it's a pretty basic argument. This is by Thomas Reese. I don't know anything about this author, but he's basically saying that conservative Catholics are upset with Pope Francis. They say he's changing church doctrine, but he says, quote, but they hardly blinked when Pope Benedict got rid of limbo, a Catholic doctrine that had been taught for centuries. I didn't know it was Benedict that got rid of it. That feels real recent. It is very recent. Do you remember what limbo is, Steph, to remind our listeners? That's where babies go, right? It's where unbaptized babies go. That was the idea. Drives me nuts. Because we didn't want to send them to hell. That was mean. So we decided they were going to go to limbo. I love that it's, (laughs) again, it's just like all doctrine. I'm like, that just feels harsh, even if that's what's happening. So we're just going to make up another place. It just feels wrong. It says that Benedict, in 2007, he downgraded limbo from church doctrine to a hypothesis or theory. So it's just like, it's just an idea, but like, we don't know Mm. for sure. I'm sorry, I'm looking through this. Yes. St. Augustine was the one who started the whole unbaptized children getting damned. Of course it was. Oh, man. I really like visiting St. Augustine. (laughs) You can go there, but I feel like things we know about St. Augustine, he was he was a mess, man. I feel oh, like that guy wow. was a mess. He's on my he's on my list with Paul of like not my favorite. Not your favorite. <laughs> um Yeah, but I the headline made me giggle because that is really accurate. I mean, it just feels like that should have gotten more press because Benedict never got applauded for doing anything nice so to let all the babies into heaven feels like a really nice move i feel like he should have gotten a lot more coverage for that one maybe that's why some people do like him they're like he let the babies into heaven he let the babies in so wait so what did 
Now, what is Francis doing? That's Oh, just everything. What did he do? Did he open it back up again? <laughs> this article mostly focuses on the whole limbo thing, but I think it's just a response to all the things. Like It says later, if, po- if it had been Pope Francis who questioned limbo, he would have been condemned by conservatives for challenging church dogma. Now I see. Got it. Which is probably true. It is. I mean, we see this all the time with... Politicians. With politicians, yeah. It's like if... You know, what if Trump did this, you would love him, but because it's Biden, not that I right. Maybe I I also disagree with things Biden <laughs> does, but I would also disagree. You know that it's, it becomes just the cult of the person rather than actual feelings about a policy. Right. That's funny. Uh, I love. I mean, I was going to say not to make a sweeping generalization about Salt Lake City, but I will, considering I'm going to guess most people on staff are. Mormon. Mormon. Um, they feel like they can talk about the Catholic Church pretty openly. Yeah, I'm know. curious if this writer is Catholic. I don't know, man. If you if you're a Utah Catholic, I'm curious. Or if you were raised Utah right? Catholic, let me know oh, because fascinating. Yeah. So that I thought that was funny. That's amazing. I have a bit of like theology that popped up in a Facebook post that I thought Ooh. was interesting. So this is from Red Star Ministry, which a radical Christian community dedicated to the revolutionary gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news to the poor and Mm -hmm. oppressed. I think they're like communist Christians, which seems like an oxymoron, but yeah, based on their red star with the, what's it called in the middle? The, The scythe. Yeah. So I don't understand. Someone knows. Let me know. But yeah, the whole thing about communism was you had to be a, atheist they're like anti-theist i thought anti-religion I right mean, but whatever they post some interesting stuff and i like to get lots of perspectives good for you so they posted this thing on april 9th was around easter time and said have you ever heard of the ransom theory of salvation it's wild steph have you heard of the ransom theory of salvation ransom mm-hmm. like kidnapping yeah no, I cannot say that I have. <laughs> so, to, so to be clear, I don't feel like Catholics go too hard. Like salvation is just like, yes, Jesus died for our sins. Right? Like that's Yeah. I don't even feel like we're encouraged to think too much about what that even means. It's just like he died for our sins. That's why we have heaven. Right. That's it. So this says the official position of the church, which from the 4th to 11th century. So that would be the Catholic church because that's that's what was happening then, right? Yeah. Was that Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross to pay the devil a ransom for the souls of humanity, which the devil had laid claim to ever since Adam and Eve screwed us over. That's this is the writing here. Jesus offered himself in humanity's place and uh, old scratch. I guess. Is that a nickname for the devil? Old scratch. (laughs) Thought he'd beaten God. Once and for all. On Easter Sunday, however, Jesus, of course, easily escaped the underworld, thus tricking the devil and resurrecting himself. You can't get one by Jesus. (laughs) He's always on to you. The devil loses his claim on both humanity and Jesus, and there was much rejoicing. The end. Uh, Yeah, go ahead, please. No, I've I've (laughs) just got more questions. I... Um, this is some devil talk, which I know is not your favorite. I don't care for it. No. I find this fascinating. I've never heard this before. Me neither. Well, that I think most of today's Christians have it. Now, I want to be clear. I've done zero research beyond this right. post. 
Because wow. we are into hard hitting journalism here. No, I will look into it. <laughs> As I usual, kinda... theologians out there, please respond with your thoughts. So it says it was Anselm of Canterbury who came along and said, the writing is funny, so I'll just read it, who said, wait a minute, why would God have to pay the devil anything? That doesn't make any sense. Why would Jesus resort to trickery? Isn't the devil the one we ordinarily call the prince of lies? What the fuck? And then it says, rough translation from his treatise, Cur Deus Homo, A.D. 1094 to 1098. And then the church replied by stating, whoa, shit, dude, you're right. My bad. (laughs) So... It's in the Bible. It is in the Bible? Well, kind of. I mean, in the same way that other things are in the Bible, open to interpretation because sure. it was translated. But in Matthew twenty twenty eight, Jesus says, the son of man came to give his life as a ransom for many. And then Timothy says, Jesus also gave himself as a ransom. Now, I have a feeling, my gut instinct here is that... The word ransom was mistranslated somehow, but right. what do or, I know? There's probably debate about that word. And it just says in the Bible. Who knows which version? <laughs> you know, the Bible. The Bible. Yeah, I think this is posted in response to like, there's a lot of, I think, conversation, especially around Easter time of like, okay, wait, so why would God create us just to mess up and then mm-hmm. send his son and tell us we have to atone for our sins but then send his son to die and then make us feel bad that like why that doesn't make any sense you know like it, <laughs> it doesn't uh so this is like well the whole way that the church understands that whole deal about jesus dying for our sins now was like the revision from this ransom theory that started in the fourth century okay yeah all right wow i feel educated it's interesting. I mean, it makes for a good story. I get why people were telling it, I guess. There's just a lot of drama. Right. Jesus really like stepping in as the hero of the day there. Yeah. And you've got like a one villain, which people love. People love a oh, it's villain. so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. So there you go. Here's your little bit of theology. For the Thank day. you, you communist Catholics. <laughs> I have more news, but do you have anything you want to throw in there? I have a couple little things. Well, I just thought you should know that our uh, friends from the uh, Manly Catholic movement oh. are making a stand in Croatia. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. The ca- Catholicism for men? It's called Be Manly. Oh, dear. Hundreds of men are gathering in town squares across Croatia every month, and they kneel. They're called the kneelers um, to pray for the <laughs> modesty of women. And all about the bolstering of patriarchal authority. So they're not being mysterious about that one. They're saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. And a ban on abortions. Which I think cool. would come with a patriarchal authority. Patriarchal. I'm adding like five syllables in that. Patriarchal um, authority. So yeah, they're doing these vigils. It's just like all these men kneeling. Basically trying to make themselves more like a country where women need to be veiled. Um, they would like more modesty for women, how they dress. Ew. So, yeah. Well, that's awful. There's a really sad picture, to me, sad, where there's all these older white men and then a bunch of, like, young boys also doing the kneeling. Oh, no. hmm 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 Well, that's horrible and terrifying and sounds like the start of The Handmaid's Tale, again. Conservative Catholic men's group. I love these people who decide what manhood is. Like what manly means. I, was like, I don't. I don't 
lot of men that are not on board with that. Right. Um, I think you guys need to take a vote. But I remember the motto of my brother's all boys school in high school was act manfully in Christ Jesus. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Act manfully. And he was like, well, they say it's supposed to be like, you're not a, like, you're supposed to act like an adult. Like you're, you're not supposed to be like a boy. You're supposed to be like a man. And I was like, that's dumb. And also you are children. So why are they telling you to act like adults? And I hate all of this. What? I hate it all. That's gross. Well, that's awful. That's today in awful Catholic news. Yeah, I find I I because I've clicked on these articles too many times about these like manly these manly demonstrators. Um I keep getting you get more. It's all over your, your algorithm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Nothing really to be said about that, but uh Godspeed. I really like Croatia. <laughs> Met nice people from there. I hope wish you luck. Okay, well I have one for you. This is just in WTF <laughs> Catholic News. <laughs> It's from the National Catholic Register. Here's the headline. Are you ready? I'm not. I'm so nervous. Okay. Singing this song on Holy Thursday can purify your soul and save you time in purgatory. <laughs> A song can do all that? Yes. And they're currently telling you this. This is the actual, the National Catholic Register being like, yep, this song will shorten your time in purgatory. <laughs> Which one? I need to know this. I have not heard it. It's in Latin. It says, on Holy Thursday, you can receive this special gift only on Holy Thursday, resulting in the purification of your soul by singing the song. And so here's how it starts. Did you know that it is possible to sing a special song of adoration on Holy Thursday and have your soul purified? It's true. And the song is Tatum Ergo. Love it. So first, some background. It talks about indulgences. Indulgences are still a thing, Steph. Oh, that's the real ransom I know about. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, A plenary indulgence is a grace granted by the Catholic Church through the merits of Jesus Christ, Mary, and all the saints to remove all the temporal punishment due to sin. Mm. There's a helpful (laughs) Q&A from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops that explains it. It does not confer grace. It's not a remission of guilt due to sin. Those things are taken away by baptism and penance. confession Mm -hmm. this is what it explains is that from what i can tell sin is taken away through baptism and confession but you still have to pay somehow we're very retributive still which i think i've been i've been reading a lot about our current legal system and i was like this is why we're so messed up because it's like you still have to it doesn't it's not about you growing it's just about you paying doing your time I feel like, oh, this drives me crazy. Like, I feel like the whole of religion, A to Z, should be be a good person. And if you mess up, find a way to seek forgiveness and whatever. Gotta pay, Steph. You gotta pay one way or another. Like, if you sing this song at the (laughs) stroke of midnight on the Monday, Thursday, and then this thing to happen, but not all of it, because that you need to light a candle. And then you gotta go through these like obstacle course. And then maybe I mean we get real magic-y. Like you're singing a song. Like an incantation in Latin to shorten your time in purgatory. It is much more exciting and interesting to just, I'll just sing a song. Like, I I get the, like, that's great. I'd rather yeah. not try to be a good person. I get the appeal so of all hard. of this. It's high <laughs> drama. Singing a song to save your soul and the devil holding Jesus ransom. This is all really compelling. I get it. I get it. 
it, it's much easier. It makes for a good story. It draws people in. Uh, so here's the thing, Steph. Tell me. If you've received forgiveness for your sins, like through confession, you still have an obligation to undergo a difficult, this is a quote from the Conference of Catholic Bishops, a difficult and painful process to be purified for the consequences of your sins and restore the disrupted relationships. So that is part of what happens in purgatory. It's like you still you you need to go through pain for your sins. You need to experience pain. Right. I feel like pop culture depictions of purgatory are always like it's just sort of gray and boring. The waiting room. Bishops say it's a little painful. No, but yeah, I, mean, I remember little. being taught it was like it's like mini hell. No. It's you get hell, but not forever. It's just for a short amount of time. It's it's that's what I was. I remember being taught that. And then we wonder why we live in a country where we want to just put people in jail, but not like help them help figure out why the heck they did the thing and maybe make them a better no, person before they come no, out. No, just no, make no, them unhappy. No. Make yeah, just bring society down with you while you're at it. It's fine. Uh, anyway, basically, this yeah, it shortens your time in that painful purgatory. Mm-hmm. You can sing the song. It's in Latin. You can Google it and wow. you got to sing it on Holy Thursday and this is still a thing. And then it's just like, here's the lyrics to the song. And then they're like, that's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's good to know, huh? Oh, yeah. I got to learn the song. You got to. Just in case. I feel like I'm on my deathbed. And I'm like, you know what? And I happen to be. Close to, to be Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday. <laughs> I just like, just in case. Just in case. Why not? Although it could be like Homer Simpson said, but what if, what if we're going to the wrong church and we're, every Sunday we're just making God matter and matter? <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's really hard to know. Steph, I assume you saw, I'm sending you a link. I assume you saw this. Oh my. Okay, where is it? Uh-oh. BuzzFeed News. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Uh, the it's, it's a, We spoke to the guy who created the viral AI image of the Pope that fooled the world in his big puffy jacket. <laughs> did, you, did this come across your feed and did you initially believe it? My husband showed it to me. He was like, you've got to see this. This is probably fake, but it's amazing. And then he's uh, two seconds later. He's like, it's definitely fake. It's AI. But it's incredible. I want to know what the search terms were. Well, the funny thing is the guy is – in Chicago, who created this? They have a quote. I just thought it was funny to see the Pope in a funny jacket. <laughs> that That's was, it. Like, why are we even that. talking about it? The artist statement here. But he like doesn't want his identity known. They don't name him because he's like weird <gasps> about it. People because there's such a a hubbub around it. He's like doesn't right. want people to know who he is, which is too bad. Because I was like, oh, he's in Chicago. We should interview him. <laughs> but we'll never know. If you're out there, get in touch. His name's. Does it say his name? No. It says everything but his last name. Right. Okay. Pablo Javier, a 31 year old construction worker from Chicago. Honestly, this just made me love the whole thing more Mm -hmm. that that's who did this. And for folks who didn't see it, although I feel like a lot of people did. Oh my gosh. So good. It is an AI image of the Pope in a giant white puffy coat, which I didn't totally disbelieve at first. It looks pretty good. It looks legit. And also I live in a cold place and like I wear not that exactly, but like I wear a puffy jacket in the winter. Yeah. I understand the utility of one. So I was like, 
Maybe it does. It's just really nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like definitely designer wear. A designer white puffy jacket. But have you seen some of the stuff? I mean, there's like fancy priest clothes shops in the Vatican, right? So why not fancy Pope coat? Yeah, he's, he's got to stay warm. How cold does it get in the Vatican? In Rome? I yeah. I think they get snow. Okay. There you go, then. I could be wrong. Not a lot. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Who knows? I don't know the, the climate of of the Vatican, unfortunately. Oh, I haven't been there. I haven't been there at all. And I haven't no. been to Italy in the winter. I've been there. You have been there. Well, you're a better Catholic to- than I, Steph. A better lapsed Catholic. Had to cover my shoulders. I couldn't go into one of the big cathedrals in France because I we weren't planning on going that day and I had didn't have my shoulders covered and Oh yeah. I'm still a little salty about it. Being that it's not really part of our church going right thing to have your shoulders covered, it just like doesn't like click in the brain that you have to do no. that. Although my grandmother, if we wore spaghetti straps, would not make, allowed march us right around. I told you about the time my cousin came to take her to church, right? I think so, but remind me. He'd moved away. He was gone. And he showed up at her door Sunday morning. And he was like, hi, Grandma. And she's like, oh, you're here, Michael. So nice. And she's like, yeah, I came to take you to church. She was like, not in those shorts, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) And she went out to church without him. She wouldn't let him come with her. Oh, no. Oh, no. You gotta have standards. He's like, I haven't seen you in like half a year. Get not not my shorts, you know. Gotta have standards for Jesus. Jesus is there. What are you gonna dress like that for Jesus? Mm-mm. One of my friend's daughters just started Catholic high school, and she's talking to me about the boys' haircut drama. Yeah, and I said to her, "What you always say to me about Jesus having such a nice buzz cut, basically, like <laughs> good thing we're like emulating him." And she just like did a double take at me, and she was like. Whoa, that's so true. Like, I think she probably got in trouble the next day at school because she's like, I have to take this down. Here's the thing. It never occurred to me either till I saw a tweet It recently. <laughs> it, they've brainwashed us all so that we don't even think about it. Right? It doesn't make any sense. Jesus wore like a dress and long hair. So what the heck? And sandals. None of those things are allowed at Catholic school. No, no sandals for sure. Okay, so this is barely news. I don't even. I really don't understand why people are reporting on it, frankly. But okay, okay, this is in the Tabler, which I think is legitimate, but maybe I'm wrong. What's it uh, the T A T L E R. Oh, so basically, the Pope is giving King Charles a coronation gift. Okay, I guess because he's another head of a church. I'm not sure why Pope Francis is getting involved in this, but he's giving him a crucifix with shards from the cross on which Jesus was supposedly crucified. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think this, like, stopped me in my tracks. First of all, I feel like England is famously not Catholic. <laughs> not Catholic. They peaced out. It was a whole thing. Made a pretty big deal of it, from what I remember from my Shakespeare. But um, Charles's literal ancestor, he right, peaced the heck out and started his own church. And and so I don't understand why the Pope is giving Charles a gift at all to begin with. Peace offering of a piece of um, one leader to another. I don't know, yeah. but it just feels like. It's a weird gift. Should this actually be the cross Jesus was on, which I have lots of doubts about, but... A few. A few doubts. <laughs> let's say this is the one single cross. Does Charles need that stuff? Like, are there other people? May- like, is he the right person to give that to? I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like that's the right guy for that. 
All of it is weird. <laughs> this reminds me, I just saw a TikTok from a young sister, nun, who, mm-hmm. probably religious sister technically, uh, who was talking about Jesus's blood type, where they like analyzed the supposed Shroud of Turin. There's this whole rabbit hole I went down of things that people believe are actually relics from Jesus and like they can like test his DNA and stuff. Because then there's all this conversation about, did he have a Y chromosome? What? Oh, because there's no semen in his making. Yeah. I would like to go down that. I don't know. I Would I like to go down that rabbit hole? One day, maybe, and we could we could present. I'm actually, of everything you said, most interested in this chromosome thing. Like, now that that's the thing, I'm like, now I need to talk about that. Me too. I was like, wait, was Jesus intersex or non-binary? Because that would be interesting. Or right. actually, like, female, technically, because he only had an X chromosome from Mary. There's a lot of conversation out there about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to spend some time on that Interesting, one. right? Thank you. <laughs> that's a shower thought for the day. Maybe that's why he didn't have kids because he there only had one chromosome. But he's supposed to be fully human, so he'd have to have two. This is these are the conversations that are happening out there. Stuff. Science and religion mixing so well. So well. Oh mm-hmm. man. Well, I guess I wish Charles well with his cross shards. Uh, good luck with all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you another link because, again, the headline is absurd. And this is another one I had to check about seven times to make sure this wasn't satire. But I'm pretty sure the headline is true. You'll see. Okay. (laughs) We're playing the hits today, aren't we, Steph? (laughs) This isn't real. Okay. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) This one just got me real good. The Catholic Church officially has a moon bishop. A moon bishop. Bishop John Noonan is in charge of the Diocese of the Moon. This feels like Trump's space force. Just like, what are we doing, friends? Yes. So when I read more about it, and then they have a ridiculous picture of a... I mean, the picture is what, like, hurt my head. (laughs) A bishop on the moon. With the earth. And then it says, not an actual photograph, which is to be clear. Wow. Apparently, this is true. There is a bishop of the moon. The reason for it is actually pretty messed up. There's a rule in the 1917 Code of Canon Law that any, quote, newly discovered land becomes part of the diocese that the expedition set off from. So, uh, colonialism, you know... That whole awful thing of colonialism, land being quote unquote discovered by Christians, is so it's whatever diocese it launched from. <gasps> oh, guess what? What? It's the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orlando. I was part of the Moon Diocese. Steph. <laughs> I'm famous. <laughs> I was in the moon's diocese. Oh. This is exciting. <laughs> okay, let's see. If you were unimpressed with the obscure law creating the position of the moon bishop, so was the actual pope. <laughs> bishop Borders following the moon mission had an audience with, oh, Pope Paul VI, in which he mm. reportedly told him, you know, Holy Father, I am the bishop of the moon. The pope was briefly baffled before Borders went into the context. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Bishop Borders. That is wild. It says, since we've yet to find any life on the moon, the story only emphasizes Bishop Borders' good 
and humorous nature that allowed him to be such a good first bishop for Central Florida. So you had no idea, Steph. You were living in the in the Moon Diocese the whole time. I had no idea. My high school, why we're not leading with that? The only Catholic high school in Orlando is also in the Diocese of the Moon. Their mascot should be the Moon Bishops or like just astronauts with crosses. I don't know. Absolutely. Opportunities are being missed all over the place. <laughs> you need to send a strongly worded letter as an alumnus. I'm like, okay, I'm never contributing to your <laughs> funds, but I have some opinions. <laughs> they involve a moon bishop. I won't even ask if you'd like to hear them because you gave me a lot of your opinions that I didn't want to hear. It's true. And nothing about the moon. Nothing about the moon. <sighs> so much bad information about STDs and nothing about the moon. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have a few other things I could share. Oh. Did you see that two New Orleans teens made impossible mathematical discovery unproven for 2,000 years? No. So in New Orleans, it's St. Mary's Academy. Um, Okay. It's like, how is a Catholic tied in? There you go. So these two students at, I think it's an all-girls Catholic school. I apologize if I get their names wrong. Kelsia Johnson and... Nikaya Jackson gave a presentation at the American Mathematical Society's annual Southeastern Conference, and they were able to find a way to prove the Pythagorean theorem using trigonometry without circular logic. So currently, I don't know, were you good at math? (laughs) You were good at math. I was to a point. I guess right now you can only prove the Pythagorean theorem using the Pythagorean theorem. It's like circular logic, but it just works. Mm -hmm. And so it's functional. And they proved it with trigonometry not using the Pythagorean theorem. That's very impressive. Yes. And they're like in high school and it's been something people have not been able to do for 2000 years. And it's incredible that these girls did this. And I'm very proud of them as a former girl who went to Catholic school. Yeah. Good job. One of them says our slogan is no excellence without hard labor. So they definitely pushed us. Um, I think that slogan is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in a Catholic school where it seems like most of the student body is black in New Orleans with like a complicated racial history. No excellence without hard labor. Like go to hell. You can be excellent and take a nap. How about that? Mm-hmm. So that makes me angry. But also the girls are incredible. And they did that at their Catholic school. They made an amazing mathematical finding. So That's incredible. Yes. Good for you. Good job, young ladies. You are better young women than I because I can <laughs> Barely understand what the article was about. Mm -hmm. I think that's all I'll do for news now. I'll hold on to some other stuff. Okay. Do you have any recommendations? Yes. So I just started watching. I'm very late to this game, so I apologize. But I just started watching Good Omens. I haven't seen this. What is it? Oh, my gosh. It's like a demon and an angel are like – it's supposed to be like the second coming of the devil, which is uncomfortable for me. But like they're kind of working together to keep it from happening maybe. I'm not totally sure. I'm only on like episode two. I'm surprised you're watching this because it involves the devil. I know, but the demon is David Tennant. I don't know who that is. Ah, David Tennant is – he was a Doctor Who, but he he also like – I've had – He's just an amazing Shakespeare actor, too. Oh, great. He's been in, like, everything. He just, like, is one of those Christopher Walken-type people that doesn't seem to say no to stuff. He's just a very good actor. So I'll watch him do most anything. Um, But, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but also very good. So What's it called? Good Omens. Watching it on Prime. 
All right. I will check it out. I have a list of recommendations, so I'm just going to kind of knock them off. Did you do all quick. of them? I think so. These okay. are just most of them are quick. And some of these are like I'll hear someone say something interesting about Catholicism and be like, I need to write that down. So comedian and actor Cameron Esposito, who mm. I think has come up before. She went to an all-girls Catholic high school in the Chicago area. She used to be a Eucharistic minister. Oh, I thought that was interesting. That was in her conversation on her podcast, Query, with uh, Bob the Drag Queen. Bob the Drag Queen was not raised Catholic, but she was, and I thought that was interesting. Um, Meghan Markle went to an all-girls Catholic high school, and wow. this came up on her podcast that she – Steph, did you have to do this? She, as part of one of her theology class in high school, she had to plan her wedding, her future wedding. No. <laughs> Me neither. And I went to an all-girls high school. Part of her theology class? It was like they were probably learning about marriage. It was like, plan your wedding, girls. It was probably part of their, like, virginity stuff. It's like, it'll be exciting to plan your wedding. Uh... (laughs) I think that's in her interview with Mindy Kaling on her podcast that that came up. She says she went to a feminist all-girls Catholic high school. (laughs) Okay. Right, but they had to plan their wedding. She she did make the point that she was not expecting the wedding she eventually got, which who would? <laughs> that would be a, a Hail Mary pass there. Yeah. Really would. A lot of royal family in this episode. Rosie O'Donnell has a new podcast, and Dylan Mulvaney came on. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. She's a trans influencer. She doesn't even call herself an activist, and... Anyway, the Budweiser problem, right? Yeah, people are freaking out because she was on a can of Budweiser. And Kid Rock got upset or something. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, when somebody very relevant like that gets upset, clearly there's a problem. Oh, my. Uh, anyway, Rosie O'Donnell was clearly raised Catholic, and so was Dylan Mulvaney. So they go into a whole oh Catholic thing. They start reciting Mass at one point, the two of them. They're like, I went to so many Masses, I could recite Mass, and they start reciting it. And I was like reciting with them, and we had a moment in my wow. kitchen while I did dishes. Wow. I might, I need to check that one out for sure. It's a good episode. More recent ones. I just went to see Jagged Little Pill, the musical, Oh, which is the Alanis Morissette musical, and it's very, it's pretty heavy on Catholicism because- Really? Yeah, there's a good amount of Catholicism. They use her song about growing up Catholic. You oh. forget what that's. I don't remember what it's called. The title of the song. I just heard the dancing is very good in that show. The choreography is maybe the best part of the show. That's I what say. I've heard. And yeah, it's fairly Catholic. And then I'm watching The Big Door Prize. Have you heard of this? No. It's on Apple TV. The writing. There's something clunky to me about the writing. But I'm sticking with it because it's a lot of people I like. Chris O'Dowd is in it. So oh, what's not to love? Yeah. Just such a charming Irish actor. Mm-hmm. It's about a machine that's telling people their potential. Like it, you get a card and it tells you your life potential. But anyway, <laughs> it's weirdly, again, very Catholic. There's a priest character and oh. everyone's real Catholic. Okay. So if, if you're looking for some Catholic-related content streaming content there you go that's all i got that's a lot good job every time i run into my poor husband i'll be like oh there's catholic stuff and i'm like on my phone making a note gotta go all right well our special collection yes please i thought we could recommend that folks donate to equality texas Mm -hmm. especially with not just in texas but (laughs) in texas and many other places there are awful laws that they're trying to pass against LGBTQ folks and particularly trans 
adults and children. The House just passed a bill. Did they? At the federal house. Wait, which bill? Maybe I did. Maybe I saw those. Ban on transgender athletes, I believe. Oh, yeah. Right. I, it's yes. not going to pass the Senate, but. Mm, yeah. So things are really scary out there for trans kids. So if folks want to donate, Equality Texas is one of the places working to combat these um, really awful laws. Great. All right. <laughs> I feel like we got through a lot, Steph. We did. And in the time allotted. We checked off some boxes. Great. Uh-huh. Well, and also with you, Steph. Also with you, Anne.